Good afternoon. I'm Ken Cooper. This is Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM, AM fourteen ten and ninety two three FM. Rick is in the room with me, and we have the music of the wonderful Hugh Masekela. This uh, would have been his birthday today. He is the honoree of the Google Doodle today, and I just always love that song, "Grazing in the Grass." The great Hugh Masekela. Have you heard a better use of a cowbell ever in your life? That one Saturday Night Live skit. Well, that's that's a very close second, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. It might be right up there. We'll call it a tie. We'll call it a dead heat. So we can talk about that if you want. We can talk about Hugh Masekela if you want. We can talk about uh, Saturday Night Live if you want. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that we can talk about. I, I think that I'm going to try to get a chance today to talk a little bit about people who demand great change in the world. Uh, People like Martin Luther King, people like, uh, well, I I see it with uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We can talk about that if you'd like. We can talk about the Lacrosse Center. Uh, it is, uh, I guess, it went to uh, one of the one of the boards to the finance committee, I guess, today to talk about uh, whether or not we can afford it. And there are still a lot of people that are saying we don't need to have any changes. And if you are on that side of the fence, by all means, let us know on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line seven eight five seven nine one four. And if you are all in favor of change or uh, a modernization of the lacrosse center, I'd love to know about that too. Again, it's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line seven eight five seven nine one four. When we're dropping forty two million dollars on a on the thing, and I know they're they're like backlog for basic maintenance, like electrical work and mm-hmm. roof work, and so a lot of that money is just going to go to stuff that apparently nobody thought to update in you know the past however many years. Um, but do we want to focus on the interior or how it looks outside? Like, do we want, when people drive by and look at that building, be like, wow, that's a cool building? Uh, well, I don't know if we have any hope of that happening with the existing structure in in, in any way. With uh, No offense to anybody uh, who is a part of that uh, planning or design process, but I, I don't know if it would actually ever be called cool-looking. Or is but it- let, let's face it, we have how many times more hotel rooms in this city uh, that need to be filled than we did when that building was built, or even than we did five years ago. We have uh, several times more, uh, many more hotel rooms to fill, and we need to have a center for exhibitions and for conferences that people want to come to. We need those hotels to make money. Is that what you're saying? Well, we, would we rather have a bunch of empty buildings from businesses that have gone out of business, from hotels that have gone out of business? When I, when I see what, what I see with the lacrosse centers, I feel like they they're trying to flip it, right? Like the uh, the the front of the building is on Second Street now, and they just want to make the front front of the building riverfront, right? Like so, when you walk in and out of the building, there's the river, there's the mm-hmm. Riverside Park, and and that in, in that sense, that would make you know that would make the interior a little bit cooler because like maybe the the, the main hall where you walk in and out, you're overlooking the river now instead of o- overlooking, what is it, there's a burger joint across the road there? There's mm-hmm. a, well, a hotel. Um, well, let's face it, perception is reality. Um, if people perceive it and the town as a, a pretty cool place to have our conference, then they'll have their conference here. If they don't, if we seem dated, then they won't. And, it, it, you know, 
I guess I'm a believer that if we want to be a player, then we need to keep up. If we want to run in the race, we need to run. Yeah, I was kind of into going into Riverside Park, but they also didn't they didn't even talk about my gondola idea and having a river stream through Riverside Park. So. I don't think we should talk about your gondola no. idea either. It's been a big, pretty big hit here the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, Mike McCarthy, we had a heated discussion about Mike McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers just before we went on the air today. Uh, I had only seen the article that was basically an interview with McCarthy uh, talking about he got a raw deal, how he got a raw deal, and then there was a much more in-depth article uh, today. Uh, he said it couldn't have been handled any worse. Yeah, WK2iSports.com, the initial article, you know, about about how <laughs> sour grapes there. Like, get over it, man. Like, is he mad? Uh, you know, everybody has the right to their per, their perception. And most people, I don't know anybody who is fired who thinks, yeah, that was the right decision for them to make. I, I'm not sure that they that they really think that. It's it's uh, human nature to think that if you've been fired, then you've been treated unfairly. Uh, but uh, a much more in-depth article uh, was put out today um, by the Bleacher Report and uh, talking about uh, some bad blood going back several years, 11 years or so. Uh, in the locker room and some things, and didn't paint McCarthy in a uh, great... No, when I, when I go to Bleacher Report, I like to see who wrote the article, because <laughs> sometimes, I, I mean, this is a really long article, though, too, So, um, but it's by Tyler Dunn. This is Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Ken Cooper. It is uh, Thursday afternoon, so it's you and me and Rick and the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line, 785-7914. Many, many things that we can talk about. Uh, I think we stick with the Packers for just a while. We've been getting some action on the Talk and Text Line. Uh, Phil says that McCarthy wasn't treated any worse than Favre was treated. And... Uh, we had uh, Andrea say that a good indicator of McCarthy's value is who he works for now. Agree? Now, I had heard he's taking a year off. Uh, yeah. yeah, what happened is he he wanted, the Jets had some interest in him, and then they were like, no, we're hiring the Dolphins fired coach of all people, you know, like the Dolphins fired, that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> and then McCarthy was like, well, clearly nobody's interested in having me the coach. So then he says, I'm going to sit out okay. the year. So it's worse to be fired from the Dolphins than to be fired from the Packers. Is that what we're well, saying? Well, and then to get and then to get the yeah, and then when that guy gets hired above you, Adam okay. Gase gets hired instead of McCarthy. Well, that's that's it's kind of like saying uh, we're going to have a health care plan, but only we're only going to do it after the election. We're going to do it <laughs> after 2020. Who would say that? It's uh, the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. Please get in touch, 785-7914. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Lacrosse Talk PM. And one of the things um, that I wanted to talk about, by the way, we're going to have a little fun here. I'm going to go kind of serious for a while, but we're going to have some fun. Uh going to have a member of uh, the Heart of Lacrosse in the studio a little bit later on uh, during the hour. And so we're going to have some fun there, but uh, kind of a serious subject. I realized today, as I'm sure you did, that this is the 
51st anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. And he is a person who called many, many times for great change in our society. I mean, societal change. He wanted our complete way of thinking to change. And I know that he didn't expect that change to happen like that. He didn't expect it to happen within the decade of the 60s or the 50s uh, when he was doing his thing. And I know he didn't expect it to happen immediately um, because, you know, he, one of his famous, you know, his I Have a Dream speech, he said, I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So when people call for that kind of great enormous change, I think they know that it's not going to happen overnight. And I think about that a lot with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Green New Deal and things like that. And I hear people saying that she's crazy for demanding these huge changes and thinking it's going to happen overnight, and she wants to put you in jail tomorrow if you have a gasoline car and all of this, and, and those, that kind of argument is just such uh, fear-mongering. And I think it does, I can, I can only assume it comes from a, a fear of the change that is being asked for or demanded. Um, I'm fairly confident that Ms. Ocasio-Cortez does not think that we're going to have electric cars tomorrow or next year. And I think, I, I'm, I think she doesn't believe that her Green New Deal is going to pass or even be voted on this year or next year but we're beginning the conversation we need to have a goal and i guess what i don't understand is why do we appear to be afraid of that direct call for dramatic action most of the societal change that has happened has come from that kind of speech yeah when you set a goal you don't go okay you're 50 pounds overweight i'm going to lose I'm going to try to lose 50 pounds. That's your goal. But, like, right. realistically, you're, you're going to hope for... It's not going happen tomorrow. You're going to hope for 10 or 5 or a pound, a pound right. a week. You know, I'm going to lose 50 pounds tomorrow. But so. you know what it is that you want. So, um, you know, who have we got on the line? What's going on? Oh, n- uh, number three. Number three is on the line. Hi, hi, number three. What's up? Not much, not much. Hey, I, had two, I got two electric trains. I'm doing my deal. <laughs> well, that's Anyway, the reason I'm calling you... We're spending all this money downtown. Yeah. I'm 75. I could care less. But we just put up a new parking ramp last year on 3rd Street. Okay? Yeah. And there's a whole first floor of that thing is all glass. Nobody in it. There's one beauty salon on the south end. Why don't the city put up for lease or rent on that? We got all that land sitting there. Ground level, all nice glass windows, mm-hmm. nothing going on inside. Well, who controls that? That was. Uh... That's what I want. That's the parking ramp or the, right. the city fathers or what? The police department. Somebody should go buy some little signs at a buck and a half at Wally World <laughs> and put for rent on it. You know, that's a, that's a good question. I don't. You know, I think that was put up uh, uh, by for the Weber some Group. Some kind of business. Yeah, by the the Weber Group, but I'm I'm not sure if they gave control. Yeah, well, they of it. built it. We bought it. Yeah. Now it's ours, and the bottom floor is sitting with nothing in it. That's a really good point. Can I ask you a we, question? Uh, Mitch and I wanted a helicopter pad and a sign on the top. We didn't get that. 
boy, if I had only known what I was stepping into when I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do this show once a week. Can I ask you a question, number three? Sure. You said you're 75 years old, and you yeah. said you, and because of that, you couldn't care less about improving the downtown. Oh, it would make no difference. I don't go downtown anyway. I got nothing to go down there for. Do you, do you Unless think, I bring the boys' chicken when they had a two-hour show. Do you, do you think that uh, the future of lacrosse deserves to have some improvements? or? Oh, sure. I'm not against improvements. Well, when you're 75 years old, things like that don't interest me. Well, sure, but do they interest you to, I mean, you still, I mean, I guess, uh, do you have any caring for the future and for the generations that will come after you and after me? Yeah, I'd like to see my grandkids go down there, you know, but I mean, as far as, I'm not getting excited about spending the $42 million. What if there was like a nice Crosby, Crosby Steals and Nash concert down there or something? Uh, Maybe if Hank Williams come, I might go down there. All right. Well, I, I'm sure. glad we're keeping things within the realm, the realm of reality. Well, you check, you check on that uh, uh, parking ramp and see if they could put in the budget or form a committee, hire a consultant, to put some signs on there for rent. I think that's a, that's a pretty good point, number three. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you. All right, seven eight five seven nine one four. If you want to be a part of the conversation uh, here on the Crosstalk PM, so Rudy says according to her, uh, and I believe he means Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, according to her and the bill sponsors, we do need the electric cars tomorrow because in eleven years, the world as we know it will be unrecognizable. Another decade-long countdown clock like the one Al Gore gave over twenty years ago. Um, okay, I I really don't think. She is saying that everybody needs to have an electric car tomorrow. I don't even know if electric cars are the answer. I don't know why we don't have more um, hydrogen cell, fuel cell cars. That is the way to go. Uh, their exhaust is water. So I don't know why we go to spend so, a little bit more it's time. It's already humid. It's so humid here in the summer, though. <laughs> That's true. That is a That's very why we got rid of the, the steam engine trains. And get this. Uh, Norway, in 2018, half of the vehicles sold in that country were either electric cars or electric plug-in hybrid cars. Half of the vehicles sold in that country were electric or electric hybrids. So it can be done. And I I know everyone's going to be stuck on the fine points of the fact that uh, apparently everybody there is... Uh, socialist, and, and it's a smaller country than us. I know that. There's um, a, another AOC quote on the text line there. But the fact that it's happening tells me that it can happen. It tells me that it's possible because it's actually happening. AOC actual quote, under capitalism, man oppresses man. Under socialism, it's the other way around. Um, she, I don't, I, I don't know if that's an accurate quote or not, but I think she's, she is welcome to her opinion, just like uh, number three is welcome to his opinion, and Eric from Toma is welcome to his opinion, and you are welcome to your opinion here on the Crosstalk PM. 785-7914. It is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. You can get in on the conversation. We can talk about uh, huge monumental social change and how to go about it and whether it is right or wrong to demand it, um, there were several, lots of people um, who voted for Donald Trump because they liked the way he spoke directly and bluntly 
about the problems as he sees them. And I guess I don't understand why when somebody like Ocasio-Cortez does that as well, um, it seems to create such vitriol and and fear, I guess, is what I is, is what it looks like to me. Seven eight five seven nine one four. We have got uh room for you to give us a call and chat. Hi, who's this? Hello? Yeah, this is Don. Hey Don. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh Alexandria Casio Cortez her uh Green Deal has already come up if I'm understanding this has already come up for a vote already and uh it's been turned down uh, I think there was something like 40, so over 40 Democrats that voted present on the deal. That, that's the only comment I have today. Thank you. Sure. I think, you know, the fact that I think she knows, I, I, I don't know how anybody could believe that the kind of change that is proposed in a, in a, a deal like that, in the Green New Deal, expects it to happen just like that. Um, we have to start talking about these conversations. That's how major change happens. Uh, the, our forefathers, they talked about rebellion for years and years and years before we actually had rebellion. And the war went on for years and years and years before we finally had success. So um, I, I, just, I don't think that by saying I want this change means that I expect it to happen tomorrow. I have, I, it's not ever happened for me. So I still have the belly that I said in January I didn't want to have anymore. So seven eight five seven nine one four. It's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Joe is on the line. Hi, Joe. Hey, how's it going today? Well, no one's agreeing with me, but other than that, I'm having a great day. Well, I just want to comment. I want to say that with occasional cortex, <laughs> one of the things that she is is she is ignorance uh, imitating idiocy. You cannot create or destroy energy. So it doesn't matter what we use for perpetual motion in our vehicles, we are still going to have to have a trade-off for whatever energy we are creating to cause forward motion. So the other thing I want to point out is the Earth is over 70% water, and with all the thermal vents uh, venting off carbon dioxide, methane, other global warming gases, our little contribution by stacking around and getting some some uh, uh, carbon-based um, stored energy out of our earth, and however we, you know, use that, whether we dissipate it into the atmosphere or whatever, we are never going to cause a situation on Earth greater than what natural Earth is doing, unless we set off nuclear bombs every two or three miles on Earth. Man has no chance to change how Earth is. If we're warming, it's due to natural cycles. We're going to go into uh, ice ages, warming periods. There's nothing that man can do to control that. So if we're, if we're extracting a little fossil fuel out of the ground and converting that over to some global potential global warming gases, that's nothing compared to what Mother Nature is doing 24-7. So everybody just needs to realize it's a money-making propaganda scandal. You know, occasional cortex can come out and run her mouth all she wants, and Al Gore can do what he wants, but we cannot do anything as people to change how this earth is going to be. How can you call her a name but not him? Don't you have some sort of a sarcastic name for Mr. Gore? It only seems fair. (laughs) Hey, you can't can't pick on the man that created the Internet, right? Sure, sure. I... I, (laughs) 
So, but I guess, am I looking at the wrong science then? Well, well, you can't just say science and then all of a sudden you're right over global warming. You know, we have a, we have a molten layer in our Earth's core along with a solid iron core that kind of wobbles around in there. Our Earth tips back and forth on its axis, and also the sun loses mass, which causes it to swell up, and the heat then is created further out towards us. So there's nothing we're going to do to ever get cooler. That sun is only going to grow larger until it swallows the Earth up, so we're only getting hotter from here on out. Well, sure, that's a, you're talking about a billion-year process, but we've seen... Well, I'm talking about seen, just every seen, day we get warmer, whether we, we like seen, it or not, because that sun is expanding. We have every day the our Earth increases. On axis, the, the, and those cycles are different from year to year, so there may be a 3,000-year period where we're cooling, and then there's going to be another 3,000-year period where we're warming. There's nothing we're going okay. to do about that. Okay. So it's my turn to talk. It's my, it's my turn to talk. If you look at the graphs that scientists have put together in the last uh, 200 years, the rate of increase in temperature has gone from about a 12-degree incline to nearly straight up. What if it does that for 400 years and then goes the other way? We've only been keeping records for a small amount of time as humans. We can't say that we're causing this change. Actually, we've we've been keeping records, but they can tell from the evidence in the soil and the dirt and the rocks uh, the differences in the temperatures um, over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So I think I agree with you on the fact that the Earth does fluctuate in its temperature. But I, I and, would say, and greater, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. It's hard to be polite and let you finish if you don't give me the same respect. I will agree that the Earth temperature does fluctuate. But all the science I've seen indicates that human behavior has exacerbated it. I've never said well, that humans have caused global warming. I don't think that's true. I think global warming and cooling, global climate fluctuation is natural. Humans have exacerbated it. So if 2,000 years from now we do everything we can to eliminate all global warming potential gases, that sun will still have swelled enough to equate where we're at right now. So we're never going to get cooler on this earth, no matter how much anyone tries. Well, I'm never going to take care of myself and not feel as old as I'm going to get. Listen, we are late to take a break. We will get back to the calls and back to the conversation. I think we're going to have a little fun. No pressure on Tracy from Heart of Lacrosse, but I think we're going to have some fun. We need to have some fun, Heart of Lacrosse folks. Uh, that is coming up in just a bit on Lacrosse Talk PM, WIZM, News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Ah, the great Hugh South African jazz trumpeter. I, I feel like I'm six degrees from Miles Davis when I hear Hugh because he worked with Miles Davis. He's also played with the Dave Matthews Band, which we're hearing right now, and I've been to several Dave Matthews Band concerts. Very important politically as well. What's funny is that earlier today you were playing this song, and I thought it was just a, a wise choice, and then later in the day I thought, you know, 
Maybe it's the anniversary of his death, but it was in January of last year that he died. Yes. And then I went on Google like an hour ago and went, oh. He's got the Google Doodle. his birthday. He's got the Google Doodle. Would have been his birthday today. She is Tracy from Z93, one of our sister stations, and also Heart of Lacrosse. And we're going to talk about that in just a bit, but I think we do have... Oh. Oh. Give us a call on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line, and we... So oh, Tracy Balls is on hang-up. I can, get it. You can ask whatever question you want, and we will let you choose whose answer you want to hear, either mine or Tracy's. Um, Tracy's will be funnier. You, you'll have the better answer. Maybe. Well, we don't have enough women in here anyway, so like, whether they call or... happy to represent yes. the ladies. I'm serious. Heart of Lacrosse Anytime. show is coming up. Yeah, it is uh, actually a week from tonight is opening night. It is three nights only, um, and this is our April show, which is uh, an improv show. So it is all improv, as opposed to our fall Heart of Lacrosse comedy show. Is, is that the lazy yes. way of doing it? So you don't have to write anything? It turns out it's actually not. Um, it, it does make for less writing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do we do still have what we call rehearsals, but it's not, you know, we're just kind of playing different situations. Um, what's nice about about this improv show is that the audience has a lot to do they they give us everything we need and then we build off that so what's really cool is this is the only interactive uh, comedy show in town that we go into the audience numerous times throughout the evening. It's not just like, all right, at the beginning somebody says banana, and then that's what we do. So throughout the evening we'll ask the audience different things um, and go off of those things. And what's really neat about this show is that it is um, an awards show themed. So basically the audience is the audience at the awards show as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, um... If I'm one of those shy people and I don't want to, I don't want you calling and go, come by no me, problem. come near me. Then, then don't shout That's anything okay. out. Yeah. I mean, we'll still come near you. And what's neat is there's a few times during the show that we'll go out in the audience and ask one-on-one for answers. So you don't have to shout out in front of any of anyone. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you've got a really good answer, but you don't want to tell anybody, that's cool. So I was at uh, the Heart of Lacrosse Improv Show last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up getting caught up on stage. And I mean, I had to jump, had to jump out of my chair three times before <laughs> I got your attention. <laughs> no, and you were very funny. You're, you're actually um, a lot of fun to work with, Ken. I will say that, both on the radio and also in improv and comedy. You helped Heart uh, of Lacrosse with a video as well. I don't know if number three or Don or Eric from Sparta would agree with you on that, but... Uh... That's okay. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and that is what's so lovely about this. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Are you pulling people on stage for this? No, not really. I mean, basically, uh, what it is, is is the cast will develop uh, the scenes based on the audience suggestions. So you you basically participate by sitting in your seat and yelling things out when we ask you to. So I can be just anonymous the whole yes. time. Like, I get to yell things out, but it's but kind of anonymous. And the pump house, it's about, I don't know, maybe 140 people. So it's not a giant theater where nobody can see you. So everyone around you will still know that you yelled out possibly a dumb answer or an amazing answer, depending. Um, but it does it does make it so that you're not in front of everyone. We're not going to make you be right. be in the scene, and we're not going to, I mean, that's that's why we're trained actors. We don't make you do that yep. by any means. So what's the, as a... Um, if people have seen improv and or you know even on, even on TV and things like that, uh, oftentimes as you said, you get a suggestion from mm-hmm. the audience. What is the the most uncomfortable one that you've had to take? Because there's always somebody in the audience that's going to be a, 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 a jerk. You're being gracious in saying that it's singular. 
<laughs> no, um, what I like about how hard a lacrosse works, and we do, do a lot of um, corporate comedy as well, where we'll perform at, um, you know, company parties and things like that. Um, so we're very good at keeping it clean. What's nice about this show, it's pump house, it doesn't have to be squeaky clean. But, um, you know, somebody yells out, proctologist, Ooh. every time. Ooh. And then you just go, that's a great suggestion. What else do we have? So you get about, you know, you get numerous suggestions from the audience. That and was then, the so, top yeah. of my list to shout out. So proctologists probably we won't take, but still shout it out. It gets a laugh. I mean, it does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that, that's what's cool about how we work is that we we continue to get suggestions. We don't always take the first one because it's frequently proctologists. I don't know why. Is gynecologist the second one? Then? Um, every once in a while, yeah. That's that's not as frequent, but it's close. I'm gonna start. Was that what you were gonna shout out, Rick? Well, that was the next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want proctologists? Oh. <laughs> gynecologists. Okay, I'm gonna yell what out. What if I? So they're more ologists. I'm gonna yell out the person who's got a double major in proctology and. The one you mentioned. Gynecology? Gynecology. That would be a very, uh, very rich person <laughs> very that I might be interested in knowing. Tell me a little bit about your uh, your cohorts in the Heart of Lacrosse. Okay, so this year's cast is actually, um, I've been in Heart of Lacrosse for, and I'll have to ask Brad Williams because he could tell you what day I joined as well, um, but I believe this is my 10th year. Brad wasn't nosing around, but um, I think he's hiding now, which is probably smart. Um, so Brad Williams is in the cast. He's been in since 19... And um, Jonathan Lamb and Todd Olson and Lisa Olson. And this year uh, for the April show, Christy Wolpat is joining us, who is another local author. And um, I believe this is the first improv she's done professionally. So that'll be fun. She's been uh, fantastic in rehearsals. But for the first time since I've been in Heart of Lacrosse, there are three men and three women in the cast. Hmm. I know. Wow. So who's the, is Brad the least funny? No, not by any means. That, that's what I love about Heart of Lacrosse, Ken, is that every one of us brings a little bit different uh, talent to, to, to the stage, and that's what's great. And we have so much trust, and we've worked together for a really long time, and we know that we're going to get to the end. I don't know how we're going to get there, especially, and, and that's what's kind of nerve-wracking to some people in an improv show is like, well, how do you know it's going to be good? I just do. I, I don't know what will happen, but I do know that I have enough trust in, in the people that I work with and that somehow we always get there. You jump out of an airplane and hope the chute opens. Yes, and what's nice about this is that there's less chance for injury. But it, it has happened. Right. It, it has happened. Is it comparable? Is this, whose line is it anyway? Is that the comparable uh, or not? Yes, okay. it's comparable. Um, the difference with this show is that it is long-form improv, so it, it's one cohesive theme as opposed to whose line is it anyway is improv games. And that's more what we do in our fall show. We have a couple of improv games in between our sketches. But this one is we'll have a couple of the improv game type things uh, worked into the plot, as it were, um, but it, it is it is a, at the beginning of the show. You decide that my name's, um, you know, my name's Teresa. No, and, Hector. I said I want okay. Hector. Oh, you're you're Hector. Oh, I you want, want you me? To be Hector. Absolutely. So I'm Hector. So all night, if you're at the Thursday night show, a week from tonight, I'm I'm Hector the gynecologist. And then after the show, I'll go really Hector the gynecologist. I had to go with that the whole time. But that that's what's fun about it is that and each night is different as well. Because we have a, di a different audience every night, so it. Louisa, the proctologist, the next night. Can we not to make anyone uh, uncomfortable or put them oh, on the okay. spot? Could, but can I be the audience and Rick and Tracy 
You do a quick little improv scene? Okay. <laughs> Rich does not look comfortable. I'll be Louisa. <laughs> you can be Louisa. Uh, Tracy, you're Hector. And uh, what, what, uh, what are you looking for? Um, where is a sporting event where two people might meet? Mmm, the Super Bowl. No, we're at a sporting event? Right, but the audience is going to decide where we're at. Where so we're at? at the Super you're Bowl? You're at the Super Bowl. No, no, no. You're at Wimbledon. You're at Wimbledon. Uh, oh, Louisa, my neck is getting very sore. Back and forth. You Back have, and you forth. You have to be quiet. Better trying to serve now. Oh, no, we paid lots of money to get in. We can be as loud as we want. Do you know how important I am? Have you ever been to Wimbledon before? Every year for the last 40 years. How old are you? That is not something that you ask another person in front of other rich people. That's, you're being very loud. It's fine. I paid lots of money to have these courtside seats. I, I'm impressed. Rick, you have used <laughs> yes, three great. very different accents. <laughs> yes. In just it's fluid. It's I've been drinking all day. <laughs> Rick, you can, tell, it feel? you can attest. It's hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get really red, and it's, you know, like I got three shirts on, so it's really warm now. <laughs> I, a question I've always wanted to ask you. Tell me about the first time you got on stage, why you got on stage in front of people to, um, in a figurative way, expose yourself like that. Well, the, the very, very first time that I did Improv with Heart of Lacrosse, actually, I was pulled out of the audience. Mm. So I was pulled out of the audience to do... I feel like it was uh, the murder mystery game where you have to speak in gibberish. And it's kind of like Clue where you have to we tell... We call that lacrosse talk to you. <laughs> Not on Thursdays with Ken Cooper. Um, but uh, I, think, I think it was that game. But anyway, I got pulled on to, onto the stage and was entertaining. And then they decided um, to... Ha- and luckily for me at that time, they were looking for new people, so I had an audition. Um, the first time that I was on stage with them was our fall show where it was scripted. So I had done acting before and... At least then you had something to go off of. And as far as the improv, I mean, here's the thing about improv. That's what everyone does every day of their life. They just don't realize that that's what they're doing. The harder part is doing it in front of people and going with what's happening. And I and I know that you've done uh, improv, Ken, and you're very good at it. And it's because you go with what has been said. So if if we had been in the scene where... Where Rick and I are at Wimbledon, and he says, nope, we're at the Super Bowl. That just ruins the, the continuity of the scene. So the key is to pay attention to the other people and to go with what they're doing, which is kind of important in life, paying attention to what somebody else is saying and, and, and taking in that information and building on it. it when, when you're in the audience uh, watching a show with a, a group of improv uh, people, you are watching a group of people who really trust each other yeah. and are putting themselves on the, uh, on the line with each other and depending mm-hmm. on the other. So it really is an adventure. When you watch improv and you know uh, that that is going on, mm-hmm. um, I think it just adds to the, uh, the pleasure of it and the amazement of it. I mean, what you do and what Heart of Lacrosse does is just... So amazing. Well, and, and there's, there's honestly been so many times that I've been on stage being like, wow, this is 
this is amazing. And that's, I'm so lucky to be in a group like Heart of Lacrosse where we have so much talent, but also so much trust, and we have so many people that are willing to work together. A lot of times you see improv that it's everyone trying to get a joke, get a joke, get a joke, and it doesn't flow. And that's not how any of our cast members are, and that's what I love about it. You are building the group up as a whole. I'm setting you up to continue the scene as opposed to just trying to get the joke. Everyone laugh at me. And, that, and I think that that is so fulfilling and, in the end, makes for a better project. Yes, it's going to be some of the best entertainment you see in the area. Heart of Lacrosse. When is the show again? It is uh, opening a week from tonight. It is next weekend, the 11th, 12th, and 13th. It is at the Pump House on King Street. Uh, doors open at seven. Showtime at 7:30. And tonight on the Heart of Lacrosse Facebook page, we'll be announcing a way to win free tickets. Ooh. There's also going to be a limo there on Thursday and Friday. Luxury limo is going to show up there because this is this is an awards show. Sure, you got to. It's the Golden Oaks. You can get the tickets right. at the Pump House. I just got a bow tie. I can't wait to wear oh, it. Awesome. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. Heart of Lacrosse, and uh, like I said, uh, check them out on Facebook. It will be a show that you will remember for a long, long time. We are on Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Ken. Uh, she's Tracy. He's Rick over there, and uh, we've got a few more minutes to go, and we'll be back on WIZM. 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Hey, thank you to everybody who was a part of the show today on the Crosstalk PM. Uh, one thing to remember, one thing to think about. This is the 51st anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King, a man who said that power without love is reckless and abusive, and power at its best is love, implementing the demands of justice. Think about that as you think about all of the other things that we think about every day. Add that uh, perspective to your brain. Thanks, Rick, for all the help. This is Lacrosse Talk PM.